ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Top 8 Magic. I'm Brian David Marshall. I am joined by the one and only Michael J. Flores and we're going to do our set review for Oath of the Gatewatch. And uh, we're going to just randomly spin the color wheel and uh, it landed on red, Mike, so we're going to start on red today. Yeah, I think that red is a great place to start. Um, you know, we, we did a couple episodes last week, and we didn't really get to red, you know, with the exclusion of one or two cards we really liked. And I think this is a, a just a good spot to start. And so I think red and colorless, maybe, today. There's a lot of colorless stuff that's uh, worth talking oh, about. Some, some, sometimes, sometimes both, like, say, Consuming Sinkhole, <laughs> which is a red card that is also colorless. Uh, Consuming Sinkhole is uh, 3R for an instant. Uh, it is a Devoid, and it is either you get to choose one Exile Target Land Creature or Consuming Sinkhole deals four damage to target player. This is an interesting card. I, I, I don't know if it how good it is, but I, I really like this card. Like, I like the idea of this card. Like the little, it's like the little treetop village that couldn't. I mean, it's it's not going to see any kind of play in constructed, and I think I'm 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 not sure that that it's going to see much play in limited. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, like, there's if you're going to have a card that's just like destroy or exile or whatever, a land creature that's pretty nichey. Yeah, it better not cost four. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like such a sweet idea for a card. Uh but yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh... I don't. I don't know that I, I can see anybody, you know, sleeving these up in standard necessarily. But do you see yourself? I mean, maybe it's card twenty three, or, or I don't know, card <laughs> card twenty two. If if things went bad, or card. Oh, actually, I could see. I could I actually actually in limited because of all the awaken. I could see myself. I could see myself playing this in limited. Yeah. Against again, yeah, like if I'm playing against a deck that is like got enough blue white awaken, sure. Awaken cards are so swingy. You're generating so much tempo already. Like they're already getting some money out of their awaken spell, whether or not yeah, they yeah. should get you with their creature land. I mean, I yeah. I don't know. Maybe you're right. It may, maybe if it's just like the second half is just not even the lava axe. It's but at least it's something, right? Like I mean, if if this was just choose one and the only one you could choose was exile target land creature you yeah just no have, one would just be on the shelf never play this i mean it, i think that you might side it in against the situation that you were saying because nobody's gonna side the the, the, the deal four damage is just that's not a that's not a make or break when when you're when you're siding in because your opponent's playing a ton of awakened cards yeah yeah but uh yeah no i i again like i like the idea of the card but but not uh not a not 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 a not a huge one here. How about Eldrazi Aggressor? Two uh, R for two three uh, creature Eldrazi drone, also devoid. Uh, and Eldrazi Aggressor has haste as long as you control another colorless creature. And it's probably a pretty tempotacular card and limited, right? Like yeah, you're, for you're, sure. You're going to have another colorless creature ahead of Eldrazi Aggressor a fair amount. Of, I mean, probably more than half the time. Yeah. Um, and so he's just going to come in for two. I, mean, I don't know. After the first turn, he's not thinking. I don't know. Two, three for three. Sometimes haste is seems like it should be fine and limited. It's not super exciting. Yeah, um, I mean he's 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 fine. Like you you'd play him, but uh, standard. 
No. No, no, no. No, no. no. But I know, you, I know you feel differently about the next card. We talked about it a little bit already in a, in a cast when we were talking about some of the cards that had been previewed. And, you know, this is now obviously the full set as a released, but uh, this, this was the Eldrazi Obligator. Do you want to talk about this guy? Yeah, so Eldrazi Obligator is 2R for a 3-1 creature. It is a creature Eldrazi. It is devoid. It has haste. When you cast Eldrazi Obligator, you may pay one and a colorless if you do gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature, and it gains haste until end of turn. So basically, you get the value of a threaten for less than the cost of a threaten, right? You get you get two R worth of a threaten for one only one and a colorless. It's kind of a split card. For two and an R, you get kind of a bad Bogart Ram Gang. And for, for five mana, you get kind of... A kind of bad zealous conscripts, not even that bad of a zealous conscripts. Although you can't take an ultimate planeswalker with it, but the the special bonus on this is it's an Eldrazi trigger, not an enters the battlefield trigger. So if somebody counters your Eldrazi Obligator, let's say your opponent's playing with Kozilek, the Great Distortion, and you play Eldrazi Obligator, and he discards a three to counter it, you can still steal his Kozilek if you pay the, uh, the Eldrazi trigger. Yeah, the, the, this is a card uh, you you were definitely very high on. Have, have your has has your temperature on this gone down at all? Oh no, I think this is an outstanding card. I think it's likely to be um, relatively highly played and, and maybe in more formats than standard. Uh, yeah, I, think- I mean, it, it was very funny. I, I did a like little not I don't even know a Twitter poll, but I like you know I put this card. I was like, you know, what, what do people think about this? Card? A lot of people are pretty cool, and they're like, you know, this card's just Zealous Conscripts. And I'm like, Zealous Conscripts is a pretty powerful card. I mean, Zealous Conscripts you immediately know. won a standard Pro Tour. Right. The second that it was available for standard play. Um, Tom Martell uh, playing the Sam Black Aristocrats deck had Zealous Conscripts in his deck. And that, that I mean, I loved playing with that card, and, and Zealous Conscripts didn't have an A mode, right? I think the 3X yeah. for 3 haste is... Uh, that's a thing. I mean, it, a, that, that, I mean, there's a history of that of that doing well at, at, in constructed pro tours as well. I think this card is likely to see a substantial amount of play in multiple formats. I think certainly it's going to see at least role player play in standard, and um, you know, it, it depends on what the the formats and you know the metagames and other formats look like. But I could totally see if people are playing with. Um, certain kinds of big gigantic creatures that this could be at least a sideboard spoiler right all right well let's let's keep going through the eldrazi's here it's basically my favorite card in the set so far really okay i love i mean both of this is just unbelievably good and there's a card we're going to get to in about two cards it's unbelievably good but eldrazi obligator is also very good in my opinion uh immobilizer eldrazi clearly the card you're talking about one r or two one Eldrazi drone devoid, and then it has the ability two and a colorless. Each creature with toughness greater than its power can't block this turn. This card is Becker's Bane. I think we're going to call this card. Well, so I think that this is a funny card because there have been so many years when red mages would play like rage weavers or fire, yeah firebrand guys or I want to be a firebrand ranger or iron claw orcs, just terrible like. No abilities for two and a, for for one and an R for two one or like drawbacks for a two two, and we're at least seeing these cards that have some kind of an upside. Um, I think like you know if you're going to talk about the classic 
red two drop. The fact that it's devoid is actually interesting because it would make it so in some alternate universe where you're transplanting <laughs> this instead of a rage weaver, um, you know, the opponent wouldn't be able to use his circle of protection red, you know, against uh, the immobilizer Eldrazi. I, I was thinking that about consuming uh, sinkhole as well, right? Like, there's a time where we would have been excited about consuming sinkhole as a way to finish off our opponent with their COP red. I mean, you know, stuff happens. But <laughs> it's, I think it's unlikely this card's going to see a lot of constructed play. It, it's just a 2 1 for 1 in R is just generally underwhelming for a creature in 2016, and its ability is quite expensive and weird, right? Right, so the ability is super weird. It, it has to be greater. Right, so what? What if you have your opponents have got a five-five, like so, right? A five-six, it'll work, but a five-five, it doesn't work. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm likely to be unplayable in constructed. Yeah, and, and obviously two, two, one for two. Obviously fine and limited. Yeah, he's and... going straight into the curve, and he's, yeah. he's you're just going to play him on turn two, and then on turn three, you're going to swing in with your Eldrazi aggressor on account if you have a colorless creature already in play. That's how yeah. it's going to go. Uh, so you, you mentioned a card that you were excited about. Is it uh, Kozilex Return? So Kozilex Return has got to, got to, got to be on the shortlist for best card in the set. It's unbelievable. This card is 2 and an R for an instant. Instant is its card type. Mythic rare, because what else would it be? It's Devoid, and it's Kozilex Return deals 2 damage to each creature. If you just looked at it just like that, it's similar to a volcanic fallout, aka, in the words of Mark Herberholtz, a volcanic blowout. So a volcanic fallout was like RR1 for um, an instant that like dealt two damage to uh, creatures and players, but it couldn't be countered. So it was kind of a fairy vanguard. Personally, I prefer the earthquake effects that don't damage players. Right? So obviously they have different abilities, right? The ability to damage a player in uncounterable is something that you might actually want to have. But if you want to play a defensive game, 2R for an instant deal 2 damage to each creature is perfectly fine. Instant is really powerful in this case. But wait, there's more. Because <laughs> if it were only that, the card would be fringe playable. It'd probably be, I don't know, might not be playable. Might be fringe playable. I don't know, an instant speed pyroclasm? Probably playable. Um, however, however, it has a second line of text. Whenever you cast an Eldrazi creature spell with converted mana cost 7 or greater, you may exile Kozilek's Return from your graveyard. If you do, Kozilek's Return deals 5 damage to each creature. So, first of all, I think we mentioned this in some previous casts, 7 is the flashpoint for Eldrazi because of this trigger. There's plenty of Eldrazi that cost seven or more, so you know we don't, we don't need to delineate all of them. But right. there are seven casting cost Eldrazi that you will want to play. You're just going to get Kozilek's Return into your graveyard. You're going to front half it at some point to make yourself not be dead, right? Opponent's committing material to the board. He's got, like, Seeker of the Way or, I don't know, Snapping Gnarlid or Monastery Mentor. He's just dropping some guys. You're going to play Kozilek's Return to just keep some pressure off of yourself. Maybe mid-combat when he's putting some landfall or prowess triggers on, he thinks he's all clever. Get get some get some life points. You know, prevent them from being donated to your opponent. But then 
you know, you're gonna you're gonna use this to our ability to buy yourself a turn or two. You're gonna play your your from beyond. You're gonna play your explosive vegetation, what have you. Couple turns later, he's he's got his big thing. He's got maybe like three siege rhinos and an anaphenta in play. <laughs> Just realistically, he's got you know, 115 siege rhinos, 16 anaphenses, and like a million hangerback walker tokens. <laughs> right? He's got all this. You're just like, you play your Eldrazi, and let's say he's got a disdainful stroke, he disdainful strokes your Eldrazi, but your Kozlex return still triggers. In standard, this is super hard to stop. You need like a stifle to stop this, and there, you know, there's not really any stifles yeah. to stop this. So it's a pure card advantage, because it's coming from the graveyard. It's triggered, it's not like a spell spell that you're actually casting, so it's hard to counter if, you know, if you counter at all. And it's just hyper synergistic with the kind of cards you want to be playing in your deck to get to anyway. And it's beefy. It's basically a zero mana kicker to a card you already want to play that's Earthquake for five, but deal no damage to myself. Yeah, and I, mean, I, think, I think there's also interesting uh, opportunities. You know, if you're getting into that point in the game where you're able to get to a seven mana Eldrazi and able, you know, a lot of times you're going to have torn through a lot of your deck, you know what I mean? You're, you're using, digging with cards and doing all stuff. You know, you know, you can envision scenarios where you have even like two of these in your graveyard. Oh, sure. You could, you know, tend the face. I mean, just imagine, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, my opponent's going to do something with Eldrazi. It's great. I've got this, you know, you, you talked about Hangerback Walker. It's like you actually get to trigger twice, <laughs> kill your Hangerback Walker, and, kill now, and now kill all your guys with the second one. Or you have some, you know, some Eldrazi mirror where you have, you know, a 10-10 in play. Well, two things about that. First of all, there's no obligation for you to actually cast Causal X Return. Like, you could be playing a deck that has seven casts to cost Eldrazi in it, right? But that you used either Oath of Jace or Jace Friends Prodigy yeah. to just dump Cause Electric Turn into your graveyard. You might not even be able to tap for R. I think it's right. unlikely that that's realistic for you, but right. it's possible that you're just right. using milling or you know looting effects to get this into your graveyard, and then it's just fatty bang bang. I think this right. card is unbelievably good. It's a strong contender for best card in red and a strong contender for best card in the set. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I and this is this is a card because, because again because of graveyard, I could see this card even being played in modern. I could see this card being played in other formats as well. It's just free. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Free, free is free is has a history of being very playable in in Magic. <laughs> I could certainly see this card just jumping into either the the modern Tron decks main deck or sideboard. Yeah, just, a- absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 good. It's like I mean, it's a little more expensive than Pyroclasm, but. As an instant, you get some additional pedigree and you get somebody's fairy conclave or something to normally be able to do get somebody's mutable. And then um, you know, the back half is just back breaking. So Yeah. And and again, you don't even your Eldrazi creature spell doesn't even need to resolve. You could have like a one one Eldrazi for seven that's triggering this and it's gonna this is gonna be over and done with before your guy hits the table, so he won't even ever take the damage. Yeah. Um, Maw of Kozilek is the, the next colorless red card at 3 and an R for a 2-5. So we've got the winning stats to begin with. It's an Eldrazi drone, the Void. And then for a single colorless, Maw of Kozilek gets plus 2, minus 2 until end of turn. Colorless represents colorless mana. 
So you, you get the hit for you occasionally get the hit for four or six with this in limited, but that's about as uh, that, that's that's about the most exciting thing I think you're going to see with this card. I, I hesitate to believe that if this card started off at five five, it would see a lot of play. <laughs> so I can set it two five was actually five five to start. I, I would I would take bets as to whether or not I actually saw play. Um, Reality Hemorrhage. This sounds like a, a powerful card. It's one in an R for an instant devoid. Reality Hemorrhage deals two damage to target creature or player. What are your thoughts on this? Is it a Kindle? Like, it's like a, it's like a magma jet without scry. It's a Kindle without graveyarding. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh I mean it seems seems feels pretty again it's it's a card that there are there are times in magic history where you would have been all over this, right? Well, I actually think that this card might be okay for a couple reasons. Magma Jet without Scry sounds terrible, but Magma Jet was widely played, even in even in extended. We played Magma right. Jet. Kindle without the graveyard counting, you know, Kindle was people played it in standard. They played it in block. It was good, but the, re, the you know forget about comparing it to Magma Jet or Kindle. What about comparing it to Touch of the Void? Touch of the Void costs one more mana. It is a sorcery and sees a decent amount of play. So, I think, well, I mean, I guess removing something from game is like a pretty big game if you're playing against Hangar Bank. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's just, you know, again, it's going to be a matter of what it's competing with. And there's just like protection from red and. No, it's a void. You know, I'm, no, no, no! I'm saying protection from red and those things are have just not been big. Have oh, not oh, been big players in 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 construction where where you would feel like, oh, this is what I need to get in here. You know, is this is this going to be better than you know, uh, you know, fiery temper or or something like that? So the card that we we often think about playing in Legacy, which doesn't that often make the cut, but. It does sometimes. It's Gorilla Tactics, which is one in an R for two, but then like if you discard it, it's four. So that card is like pretty spectacular in matchups that you're already winning. Right? So, like, if somebody hymns you and you discard it, like they're just they're hurting, right? But you're pretty good in those matchups in general. I'm just trying to think about reality hemorrhage versus gorilla tactics. Because the amount of advantage this card gives you over core firewalker is actually pretty decent. Like that's a card people actually play in Legacy. Sure. High expectation of seeing that card. Uh, or Mother of Runes. So Mother of Runes is an incredibly widely played card in Legacy. Uh, Core Firewalker is... It's played in white beatdown decks. played in white-green beatdown decks. Often played in blue-white control decks on the sideboard. You know, it's played in Death and Taxes. You know, so... I don't know. So, so no, they're just saying maybe, maybe this card doesn't make a huge impact in Standard, but it actually... It actually finds like sideboard role, sideboard use in legacy. It just seems like a kind of a low impact card to me. But the thing is that legacy is this weird format where like some of the decks are really powerful and the other decks are like have a lot of not powerful cards or just like trying to outfair each other. And like, <laughs> like I'm really, really gonna outfare you with my core firewalker. And you know, it's in the context of a deck that has like Inquisition of Kozilek and Force of Will or something, so that deck can compete against really powerful decks by disrupting their fundamental turn. And then, you know, it, it competes with red decks by bringing in this kind of a spoiler 2-2. I, I, I just, I don't know, I haven't played enough Legacy recently, but I, I would tend to think that this card 
would be of similar impact to guerrilla tactics, and guerrilla tactics is played sometimes. Sure. That's, no, that's, I can, that's I can the extent of what I would say. I can, I can absolutely say, I, I would expect to see it on camera in a legacy match before I see it on camera in a standard match. Right. Do you think that's a fair comment? I don't know. I, I'm not sure yet. Maybe. I mean, it has a real role. It kills it, Mother of Runes dead. It yes. kills Corfi Walker dead. Right, and that, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying I, I, I would expect to see it played in that in that context, before I see someone playing it to, you know, uh, you know, kill a, uh, you know, a monastery mentor while their opponent's tapped out. <laughs> man, that, that's t- anytime you try to kill a monastery mentor, that's tough, man. Yeah, nothing, nothing ever goes right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I imagine, I imagine it'll get, I imagine it'll get played, but and uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't see it being a big. I don't see it being a big factor in standard. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm just underestimating it. I think you're probably not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so now, now our, our our red is a little more uh, traditional in the sense that we we get uh, we can be red stopped borders by on the cards. red borders. We can be stopped by a core. You know, suddenly core firewalker is in play here. We've got our Akum flame seeker. 2R for a 3-2 human shaman ally at common. And it has an ability cohort. It has a mechanic cohort. And it says tap tap an untapped ally you control. Discard a card if you do draw a card. So basically this is like half of a Half of a looter in a codependent relationship. Half of a self-filled looter requires quite a bit of of setup help to do anything. Um, I mean, this card's I, probably okay and limited. Sure, it's it's, it's probably fine. But at, you know what? At, at the point where I have to tap this and tap another ally, another ally. <laughs> like you could at least give me discard a card, draw a card. You could at least let me have the dream. <laughs> Of discarding nothing and drawing something. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, this is not a, <laughs> this is not a banner card. Um, I think it's probably fine. Like, it, I've drafted a lot of the red white allies deck in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no. It's yeah, it's so, it's perfectly, it's 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 a perfectly mediocre card that will you know fall on the correct side of your 23. Which is the one that I always get McKinney Patrol. Is that 2-3 for... Yes, yeah. I always have like 100 of that card. Yeah. yeah it's like it's... I, I have like 20 allies in my deck and like 19 of them are the McKinney Patrol. So yeah. like, I think I would rather have this than the, than the third McKinney Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> Especially my guys are getting Vidge, right? Right, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, you, so... you just described the dream scenario for the Akum Flame I will just Seeker. take what, whatever the... Four four menace guy for five. He's right in there. Like any anything that says ally is just in my deck and puts in my colors. So yeah. I don't think I've ever cut one. Usually yeah. you like want more allies, right? You like kind of don't want like a two two white flyer for three, even though it's probably pretty good. Yeah, I mean it depends. It depends on how ally, ally synergy driven you are. I mean sometimes you still just want. Sometimes you still just want an evasion creature. Yeah, right? like, you're just like a little embittered by having like a rando griffin or. Rando- <laughs> Three three ghost, you know. You're like, eh, I don't know about this random ghost. But he, he's like, he does say boo when he gets the battlefield. Yeah. But yeah, he knew a, a rejected mechanic in this set. So boo. boo. Uh, well, actually, you could actually call like the cohort could could have been codenamed boo, right? Like <laughs> it needs its boo to to do anything. Boulder salvo. 
Uh, boo. Force four R. <laughs> four sorcery. Deals. Uh, four damage target creature. It has surge one R. Yeah. This card's awesome and limited, I guess. Yeah, yeah this card's super sweet and limited. It's like, first pick this card and limited. Nowhere near your deck and constructed. Right. Uh, brute strength. One uh, R instant target creature gets plus three, plus one, and gains trample until end of turn. Cards like this have become more and more a part of constructed magic, right? Like, I mean, they're, they're the certainly... Worst card... Titan Strength is in print, costs half as much mana, and has Scry 1. Sure, but it doesn't give Trample. So, like, well, I mean, but, you know, this is, this is you know, if you Brute Strength and something else or on a double... I'm just saying, like, we've seen cards like this see play. I don't think it'll see play. I just like Dwayne Reynolds' art so much. Yeah. He's, like, my favorite cartoony magic artist right now. So I really want this card to be better than it is. It's, I mean, the thing is that people don't even play four Titan Strengths right now. Right. So if like if people are like bursting at the seams for the fifth Titan Strength, maybe they'll look at Brute Strength. But <laughs> I just it costs twice as much mana for Titan Strength and doesn't have Scry One. I would so much rather have Scry One than Trample. Like in the abstract, for half as much mana. If you gave this to me at R for th- plus three plus one against Trample, I would still play it behind Titan Strength. I don't know, man. I love Trample. I like Trample too. But like. <laughs> I think the reason that we all I think like one trample, of us, I think one of us likes trample more than the other. I mean, like, Josh, that's all I'm saying. Josh Rabbits loves trample too. The reason that we all appreciate trample at all is because no one considers it an ability. <laughs> it's just nothing. So like a lot of the time, you just like throw trample in for free, and then you're just like, oh wow, the trample is pretty relevant there. Like it, so it always punches above expectation. Right. If people actually started caring about whether something had trample or not. And like, they're like, oh, I'm going to cost this thing or evaluate its cost based on the presence of trample. Then you wouldn't think that anymore. Like, treetop, look at treetop village, right? So it's a 3 3, you know, comes into play tapped, activate for G1. It's, it's got trample, it's awesome. You would have just always played that card if it didn't have trample, right? It would just still be awesome. Yeah, like, of course. Its main job is just beating up blue players. It's always been good at that. And like, and it taps for green. Great. And a lot of the time when it was legal, because they were both from Urza's Legacy, it was it was with Rancor anyway. So they were just best friends. You could just stick a Rancor on that. If it died or whatever, it became back into a land, the Rancor goes to your graveyard, goes back to your hand anyway. The Rancor was already giving it trample. Right? It's like the, this, the, the trample was free on Treetop Village. So, like, you know, anytime you got some kind of bursty uh, giant growth sequence in or something, you're like, oh, wow, the trample was really good there. Was it really? You just didn't count the trample as part of the card. So it felt better than you expected, but it wasn't really that good. If you actually had to pay for it, like you have... Here they're really making you pay a colorless mana yeah. to get to the freaking trample, and you don't want to. Yeah. I, th- I think the thing that was interesting to me about it is there's, there, there's clearly a time in Magic History, again, where you just you don't even pause on this card. You're just like, move on, right? It's like, you know, uh, an expensive giant growth. We don't, you know, we don't, you don't even play giant growth. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think it's interesting how much magic has changed to this focus on creatures and in this, this very like delicate damage balance where you go, well, maybe, maybe there's a scenario where I could play this. But I think, I mean, it's not, it's not in a scenario where Titan strength is also in standard. I mean, we're obviously going to, gonna pass on this for a lightly constructed card right yeah yeah so however the next card we're gonna have the opposite attitude i think 
Chandra Flamecaller. I think it's probably going to be one of the marquee cards of the set. 4RR for a Planeswalker Chandra, starting loyalty of 4, 3 abilities, plus 1. Put two, three, one red elemental creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield. Exile them at the beginning of the next end step. Zero. Discard all the cards in your hand, then draw that many cards plus one. Minus X. Chandra Flamecaller deals X damage to each creature. This card's awesome. Yeah, this card sweet. It was. It's. It's kind of a. Uh, it's been a little bit of a contentious card, right? Like, I mean, Andrew Cunio does not like this card. I've definitely. Yeah, I've definitely seen some some heat on both sides. This idea that. You know, it comes, you know, a lot of people starting out with this idea that it doesn't protect itself, right? You know, this idea that, you know, if you have a Planeswalker, especially a Planeswalker that you're paying six for. How does it not protect itself? If your worst case scenario is RR4, Savage Twister for four, which right. is literally the cost on Savage Twister. Right? Yes, yes. Right? So, I, this is, <laughs> this, so, this was the point I was building Like to. any scenario, like let's say you have like a four toughness creature, you just already have one, and you play Chandra Flamecaller, and you just go like, Minus three. Like, nug everything for three. It doesn't kill my guy. But I still have a one, a one loyalty Chandra, which I can do two different awesome abilities with. Like, right. That's, that's, that's a thing, right? It's all, it, it already protects itself, which I just, it's just not true, right? It depends on right. how, big the, how big the opponent creatures are. I mean, if, yeah, if they're like playing 12-12s, you know, there are precious few Planeswalkers that are good at defending against 12-12s. Yeah, yeah. Right, so... Um, is this where, where do you see where do you see this fitting into in like the current standard environment I think there are a couple of places one of them I think uh, it's like, even though it's expensive it's like an interesting enabler card like it like let's say you have seven mana right and your last card is a your last card is a a polluted delta and you tap down for Chandra Flamecaller and then do the zero if you need a cruise, you're getting a cruise. If you need a cut, you're getting the cut. Right? That's just what's going to happen. Like, Chandra's going to dig you into the cut slash cruise. And then you're going to have the cost for it because you just filled your graveyard. So this is, like, really powerful in terms of delve enabling. I think, like, I think seven mana Chandra's cut is going to happen over and over and over again. Sure. So I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to enable a Grixis deck that we haven't seen. I think, like, even just in the purely in the abstract... The zero ability is net one card. I mean, oh yeah, I mean you a, just you know you just play this grindy game and this is the last card out of your hand. Yeah, it's like you know this is exactly what I was talking about with the stupid uh, ally. You know, it's just like oh let me discard zero cards and draw a card, please. It's just like a gross, gross understatement to talk about the the middle ability is just net one card, which it is though. But you know the the plus one ability is heinous. Like it does not take very long to kill someone. Right. right, you just play this. You go to five loyalty, and then just send six of them. Like the six is hard to deal with. It's like double ball. It's like a ball of lightning in terms of damage off two bodies, but neither of the bodies matter, right? And you could even do tricky stuff, right? You could like probably not the first turn. The second turn, you make some bodies swing. Nobody interacts with them. They're like Icarids, you know. Like it's horrible to interact with them unless you're doing so with like Eldrazi Scion tokens or something. And then you just drop Sadisi Undead Vizier on it. You know, and then just get a, get a, uh, what is it called? Uh, uh, yeah, right. You you, you get to, you get to uh, you get to tutor. Yeah, you just get to eat the guy. I mean, like, I think this card's going to be good in Grixis. I think I also think that it's going to be an interesting top end card for Red Green Landfall. So, like, Ari Lax's team, they played um, uh, 
the the five red the red Sarkin at um Pro Tour Milwaukee at the top yeah. end of their of their red green landfall deck. You know, it's very common for you to have six lands in play uh, in a beat down deck that requires you to hit land every turn for your creatures to work. So you know, like if you're just trucking in, trucking in, your opponent gets you with the sweeper. They're tapped or whatever. This is a very good card to resolve. You swing in for six, and it probably cannot answer it. That's the thing. Like it's just so unlikely. If if you've been pressuring them with beatdown creatures, then you catch them on like turn six, or you know you just draw cards. Like probably you'll hit them for six. But yeah, you know. I mean, I, I I agree with all that. I just wonder about you know what's the situation where I'm playing this, and let's just let's just say in the ideal the ideal. Scenario: What's what am I playing up across the table from where I'm able to play Chandra, go minus three, and still have some kind of game plan when I untap with this next so, turn? It's bad against Cedrino. It's bad against Gideon. Right. Those are the those are the main things I'd say it's bad against. It's good against most other strategies. I think it kills Jaces. Like it kills Mantis Riders. You know it. I mean, those decks are often paired with haste, though, so you might be killing the Mantis Rider and then Chandra's... Then just eating a Mantis Rider. <laughs> might happen, right? But, right, you know, which is also fine. The first Mantis Rider and then got, like, a fog out of it. But it's and it's just... It's very good in the abstract, right? It's very good in, like, yes. you just play well, that's it. Well, that's why, that's why I'm asking about the practical. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm like where, where is this... You know, what's the scenario... Uh, where this plays? I mean, is this a, is this a card you could see people playing in at, at six mana? You can't see anyone playing this in modern, right? Well, no. But like, what if you played it in Jund, right? And you're just like seven mana, Chandra, zero, discard my hand, Tazigar. Hmm. Right? Or I mean, I guess it could be also in Grixis City. That's I was just gonna say. That's a fine. I mean, that's the you know I was like, oh, that's the Grixis deck you were talking because, about. Because like, yes, I will do that. I have a Chandra with four loyalty and a freaking four five in play. Either one of these things is going to win the game if I untap, right? Like I think that's a realistic scenario, and 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 this card just seems like it works so well with any kind of delving, which you know obviously Tasker is a delving guy, cuts, um, cruises, any of that stuff. And I think John is probably a pretty interesting place to put this, put some like hasty creatures in there, and I I, I think that this card is going to excel in situations where we're just not. We're just not anticipating. Sure, it. I mean, I could even see, I could even see it in some of the. I mean, this is going to sound really like maybe a little weird, but in the in some of the Eldrazi ramp decks in standard, I could see this as like some sort of like slight sort of mid game play where you're like, okay, I'm going to either you know clean up the board here, you know, I'm going to deal, you know, I'm going to you know, like you said, uh, Savage Twister for three, and, and mop some stuff up, or you know, it's like, wow, you know, you ramp into this and then just discard your hand and draw some new cards to find your, your top-end finishers. I mean, look, you could just play a third-turn Hedron Archive, untap and cast this, right? That's right. a completely realistic scenario on turn four. Um, or an explosive vegetation probably gets you a very similar spot, maybe even easier. The advantage, especially in Eldrazi versus Eldrazi, is the Flashpoint in the Eldrazi deck should be around seven or greater, right? You're really talking yeah. about hitting... Ulamogs and Emer- not Emeralds, Ulamogs and Kozilex. This guy could, if not kill you, get you pretty close before right. the opponent has his like super bombacular Eldrazi on. Right, and, then, and just also like it's I said, you know, let you and, and let you and let you and let you and let you really smooth your draws out. Like you just get to you know 
do some uh, in that situation where you've played it on turn four. You know, you're you're actually going to see a lot of cards. So yeah, I think I think this card is likely to see play. Yeah. <clears throat> so Cinder Hellion, on the other hand, four and an R for a four four trample. When Cinder Hellion enters the battlefield, it deals two damage to target opponent. There's just no way to see constructed play. <laughs> yeah, and and you know this is this this is a card you're probably probably hoping to cut in limited uh you know if you're red you, you know it's not an ally it's it's fine you know yeah, i don't know I, i'd be happy to have just a four four uh, I, just, I, I hate i hate four for five but you don't play like the menace ally i do but he's an i mean but there's there's some upside to playing it right all right that's true right. yeah devour in flames two and an r for a sorcery as an additional cost to cast devour in flames return a land you control to its owner's hand Devour and Flames deals 5 damage to target creature or Planeswalker. It's an interesting card. That's really interesting, actually, and, and really kind of like has some sweet little synergy with Chandra Flamecaller. You know, in terms of, you know, being able to uh, play it, not go down a card, and, you know, still be able to draw an extra card when you use the, you know, the zero ability on the Flamecaller. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that this is a card that will probably see some niche play. I think that going backwards in mana is dangerous for constructed. That's the, sure. That's sure. The, the the danger, but I think like I think there might be something here. Yeah, I mean, cer- certainly, certainly a uh, a highly pickable card in limited. You know, it's going to just kill the heck out of uh, just about every creature you want to kill. You know, if your opponent has a Planeswalker, awesome. Uh, You know, there's also lands that you want to return in Limited. Right? Lands that have abilities and and do things. Oh, yeah. Like, anything that has, like, a trigger, right? Like, even things that are, like, tap down a guy or... Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Or, I mean, if there's game life lands that you want to play... You know, if you haven't, and also if you haven't played a land yet that turn, you know it's yeah. you know a card like this is fine. Low drawback, sure. Um, Embodiment of Fury. This is an interesting card. I think three and an R for a four-three creature elemental, uncommon. Ooh. Trample land creatures you control have trample. I love it. Landfall. There's a lot of text on this guy. Yeah. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may have target land you control become a three-three elemental creature with haste. Under turn, it's still a land. I think this card, like this card, seems so sweet. I think it might not be good enough for constructed, but it's like insanely sweet. Yeah, I mean, it's boy, you know, it's it's really tough. If there was some way to untap that land, you know what I mean? Like if it was like untap that land, uh, wow, yeah. Like I mean, I guess you you play your fifth land and then. Or your fifth mana, anyway, and and it it gets to uh, attack as a three three. That's pretty exciting. What if you play a fetch land? Yo, well, yeah. If you play a fetch, it's like the turn, af- yeah, the turn after you play this guy, you you you're, you're just smashing in with with a lot. I mean, like this guy is a murderer in limited. I think, like, yeah, oh, yeah. so much pressure on the opponent. I yes. actually think that maybe in landfall decks and like constructed is a good way to recoup some value from drawing too many lands. I don't know. It seems. Like- he seems like he'd be good. That's, but he's, I think he's sweet, not good. I don't know. Yeah, I, w- I, would, I was going to say, the, the, the adjective I keep coming up with is sweet, yeah. which I've learned to equate with probably not playable. All right, so let's continue. He's sweet, though. I, I think that guy is, like, covered in saccharin. 
Expedite. I love it just from the name, and I love it from the cost. Expedite R, instant. Target creature gains haste until end of turn. Draw a card. Sign me up. So I'll sign you up for this over, um, over Brute Strength. I mean, this card is a cantrip, and, like, gains haste is sweet. I mean, it's it's a cantrip, but it's uh, you know it requires a, cre- a target creature. So you know it's not like it's not like you can cantrip, but but it's not like you can necessarily cantrip it on turn two. Yeah, but I just like hurl it at my opponent's creature to draw a card. Sure, like on his end steps, he can't attack me. Right. I mean, as long as it's not Jace or something, like, you can't hurl it. At Jace, <laughs> but... It's pretty exciting with Jace. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this card's alright. Like. I, I'm just mentally trying to put together a can you, puzzle of a deck. Can you can can you imagine the scenario where you're like play Jace go? Your opponent's like kill Jace. You're like hold on, <laughs> expedite Jace, activate Jace, transform Jace. I can imagine that. Yes. So like, did you it, know this is the red quicken, my friend? Did it? Yeah, I like this card. Did it channel Fireball at uh, Pro Tour Milwaukee play like a red white Monastery Mentor deck? Am I misremembering this? Just like pure red white. I I don't remember for sure. Like I don't. I, I want to say they were playing a red white monastery mentor deck. It was like just prowess and you know red cards for triggers, and they had like tormenting voice or maybe magmatic insight. Some right. cards like this, like surely expedite is just potentially better than some of those cards. Yeah, I I, I look at this card and I just think Tom Ross somehow. I I think this card is probably playable. I think yeah. that is probably like I I would just. Seeker the way in for three. <laughs> um, Fall of the Titans. This is a this is a complicated card. It's yep, rare, it, right? Red XX instant. Uh, Fall of Titans deals X damage to each of up to two target creatures and or players. So if I put seven mana into this, I can go uh, deal three damage to two creatures. Uh, or I can deal three damage to a creature and a player, or I could deal three damage to two players in a multiplayer game if I was playing, let's say, Commander. So, like, if you put, like, a reasonable amount of mana, right, say five, so it's, like, five is two, two, R, you're basically getting a Pyrotechnics, right? Right. Which isn't that bad. Right. But that's not, but, that's not why you play this card. Right, but if I've expedited, if I've, you know, spent one R to cast Expedite yeah. <laughs> on a creature, draw a card, ooh, follow the Titans, excellent. <laughs> And now I take my remaining... Uh, so we had seven mana in the past scenario, so now I take my red and five that I have remaining, and I just put it in because they have Surge. Uh, I can pay X for X instead of XX for but X. you get dubs, right? So and you, you still get dubs, yeah. So it would be like... So you know, I get to draw a card off the Expedite, then I play Fall of the Titans, and I go five there and five there. So I think this card is... It's going to be one of those cards, like, some decks are going to want it, right? But, like... Probably won't see universal play or anything, but it just seems like a crater's claw that you could play that has substantial upside. The fact that it's an instant is really interesting. Um, you know, it's not that bad when it's in non-surge mode, but it's. I mean, there's gonna, there are gonna be times where you there's gonna be times where you pay three for this. It's just you fun. know, where you go red XX. And you you know you kill two creatures, two two one toughness creatures, and it's fine. Yeah, it's just like a kind of bad arc lightning that has a substantial ups, and it's plus an instant. Yeah, I think this card's probably pretty good. Yeah, I I, I kind of like this card, and again, I feel like if you're 
you know, there, there, we've, we've seen enough cards now, you know, things like Expedite and other things where you're going to be able to find ways to cheaply get your Surge on. And, and you know, there's no reason to just limit ourselves to uh, instant stuff or only red stuff. Like, you could just play, like, just sequence a turn where you start with Monastery Swift Spear, right? Which is your first card, which only costs R. You cast Fall of the Titans, actually get Trigger on Monastery Swift Spear. Basically ensure he gets through, get a bunch of mana, I'm sorry, get a bunch of damage in, and get a Prowess Trigger. That's probably pretty good. Or you could play it with, like, Duress. I, I, I just always keep going back to Duress. <laughs> right, and, and again, there's also, like, pick, picture the scenarios where you go, okay, it's, you know, mid-game, and you know, I've 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 just gotten attrition. You know, I've been I've really lost my position on the board, and I go, okay, treasure cruise. I just pay blue. You know, I remove a bunch of cards from my graveyard, treasure cruise, drawn to something like this, and now I have the ability to, you know, pull the game back, pull the pull the momentum of the game back to my side of the table. But we're in agreement that this card is probably pretty good, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I, I think that ability to go like, you know, the ability to put four and you know to, for five mana. You know, consider, you know, imagining you've played another spell for one other more mana. You know, to be able to go four and four to two things. I mean, that that seems that seems excellent. Yeah, it's just not that bad on the front side. Yeah, uh, Goblin Dark Dwellers is three RR for a four four rare Goblin creature. It has menace. When Goblin Dark Dwellers enters the battlefield, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that card will be put into the graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So this is like pretty interesting. It's kind of like Nuklevi-ish. Yeah. Right? So you're getting a 4-4 four, four for 5. With Menace, it's actually pretty good. Like, we were talking about an ally that does this, and we just played it and limited every time. Um, but So it starts out as that, but not an ally. But then you actually get some like Snapcaster Mage-ish. It's actually better than Snapcaster Mage in a sense. Well, you get to play. You get to play the card for, yeah, for free. free. So I think this, and yet I think this card is going to struggle to be constructed playable. <laughs> You're getting like eight mana or seven, yeah, eight mana worth of value for five mana. But like sometimes it's not even going to have anything in the graveyard. You're going to want right, right. Uh, I mean, I, it seems sweet. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's our new rating. Sweet! Sweet! Card we'd like to play, but unfortunately cannot. Uh, goblin Freerunner. 3R for a Goblin Warrior ally. Is that Wayne it's... Reynolds again? You love him. I do. This I, guy's I love... got tiny legs and huge arms. Yeah, he's just got this great... He reminds me... He's like the, Humber... he's like the uh, Humberto Ramos of magic. I love Humberto Ramos. I know you do. 3-2 uh, for 4 mana... Uh, Goblin Warrior ally with Menace, but it has Surge 1R. I feel like this might be a playable card. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't even have haste. Yeah, yeah it doesn't have haste. Yeah, it looks yeah. like it has haste. Yeah, but it's not. It's just yeah, not. no. I mean, it's an ally. So just... no, no, thank you. Yeah, no. Alright. Kazul's Toll Collector. I thought, it, like, I, especially looking at the picture, I thought it was like Kazul's troll collector. <laughs> he's, a, he's a collector, he's a troll. In fact, he's not a troll at all, he's an ogre warrior. Two and an R for a 3-2. Zero, attach target equipment you control to Kazul's troll collector. Activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery. If only there were some, like, expensive equipment that would be awesome to attach to him for free. Is, is there one? 
I don't know. Pro- and probably not good. No, probably not good enough that I would play this creature. Yeah, yeah. This guy stinks. Would you like? Here, here's here's the question I ask myself with a card like this. I I think as my like sort of starting place, I'm like, would I play this card in cube? Like before, I'm even like, because I'm like, I'm having a hard time imagining. But you know, cubes an environment where there's a lot of powerful cards and there's equipment. Would you play this card in cube? Probably not. Okay. Well, there I think we have it then. I would probably play the next card though. I think this card's oh, pretty yeah. good. Oath of Chandra, one R for a legendary enchantment. So we've we've talked about a couple of the oaths already in, in podcast last week. Uh, legendary enchantment: when Oath of Chandra enters the battlefield, it deals three damage to target creature and opponent controls. Awesome. Uh, at the beginning of each end step, if a planeswalker entered the battlefield under your control this turn, Oath of Chandra deals two damage to each opponent. Is this card sweet or is this card good? I think this card might be playable depending on how many planeswalkers you have in your deck but probably like, it's just fine like it like it's front half is like just the volcanic hammerist it's volcanic, volcanic hammer. no it doesn't hit people well it doesn't hit people sure if it hit people this card would be bananas like i would just yeah, be yeah. like i'm all over this card if it hit people it's like yeah it's like some sort of seal of fiery kind of thing yeah but you know fiery impulse is pretty good and that doesn't hit people you know so right. But if you don't have any Planeswalkers in your deck, like, it's just probably horrible. And if you do have Planeswalkers in your deck, it's probably, like, okay. Yeah, yes. Well, yeah, I, I, it's certainly it's certainly not as exciting as some of the other ones we've seen. No. But uh, I mean, it's still fine, right? Like, if you have, like, a bunch of Planeswalkers, I don't know. Two damage is even not that much impact. You're, you're absolutely playing it in cube. <laughs> um, probably. Yeah, all the all the Chandras are coming around to you. You're the only red player. You know that. You're gonna have like your choice of up to three Chandras. I mean, I take Thunder Thund- Thunderbreak Regent first. I'm sorry, not Thunderbreak. Uh, what's the five? Thundermore Hellkite. I take Thundermore Hellkite first, but I get him 14th. So like, <laughs> it don't matter. Press into service four and an R. Sorcery uncommon. Support two. Put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures. Gain control of target creature end of turn. Untap the creature. It gains haste till end of turn. So this is like a super expensive threat that gives you support too. Yeah. So it's so it's basically imagine it's it's like whatever creatures you have plus their best creature plus two extra damage. Like this card is probably playable and limited and probably not all the time, right? Like you you yeah. you play some of your threatens usually is uh, I think usually how it goes in limited. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the nice thing about this is that you at least at least are advanced. I mean, five mana is a lot, but you do get to advance your board position somewhat, right? Like sometimes, like what if you don't have enough creatures to support two? Well, you don't have to. It's up to you. Can no, I know, but like you're just overpaying then. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully you're killing them then. I I I don't know. I think if you don't have enough creatures to support two, you're probably not killing them. Yeah. Like you don't have got and look, I think it's it's like a card that you're gonna often play it and then sometimes you're not gonna play it and Yeah. It's never gonna get played in constructed. <laughs> uh speaking of never played in constructed, Pyromancer's Assault. Three R for an enchantment, uncommon. Whenever you cast your second spell each turn, Pyromancer's Assault deals two damage to the target creature or player. Well, let's move on. <laughs> Reckless Bushwhacker, 2 and an R for 2-1. Haste, 
When Reckless Bushwhacker enters the battlefield, if its surge cost was paid, other creatures you control get plus one plus zero and gain haste until end of turn. Oh wait, it has surge of one in an R. So I don't know. This is like a Christian Calcano special. This is yeah. I, I think this card's really good. I think this card's gonna find some place in. Uh, I think you're gonna see this card find find a home in standard. Um, I mean, this historically this is a card that's gotten played, right? But like. You're just kind of taxing one in an R on getting other creatures. Like, I'm not even... Like, how good... Say you four mana and you're, like, dragon fodder this thing. Was it even that good? Like, at that point of the game, like, they can probably block some 2-1 creatures. Right? Sure. Like, I, I don't know. It's... I guess giving stuff haste is good. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I think there's just going to be some place where where this card this card finds finds a home. I mean, I think that the, you know the ability to just on turn three also to be able to go okay play. You know, you talk about monastery swift spear and then this. You know, you've done. You know, maybe you've 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 you know cleaned up the board or you've cast some sort of uh, you know removal spell and then you untap and you're gonna you know you're gonna bash in for four on turn three. In for four. I mean, I kind of I, I I don't like this card at all. I think you're right. It's probably gonna see some play, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think it's gonna. I don't think people are gonna be complaining about this with the same uh, fervor that they complain about Siege Rhino a year from now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I think we'll have seen this. I think we'll have seen this card uh, get some play, and I think this card is gonna certainly steal you uh, some uh, steal you some games. And also, you think about it with cards like uh, you know that make ally tokens. You know, so like if you have the ability to like you're like okay, oh, he's an make ally. A, That's cool. he's an ally, and then like make a token with my Gideon or make a token with my uh, my retreat. You know, and then play a creature and play this, and suddenly suddenly you're able to you know hit that kind of Christian Calcano critical mass of creatures where you're able to extract exactly twenty damage. All right, I think we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Spark Mage's Gambit, one in an R for a sorcery. Spark Mage's Gambit deals one damage to each of up to two target creatures. Those creatures can't block this turn. So, like, it's actually pretty okay. For, like, two mana, you get two damage, spread possibly about two bodies, and then also kind of faltering in. Um, I think that could be okay. I mean, tra- traditionally, this is a card that's gotten play, right? In, I mean, even I think it could even see play in constructed. That's what I mean. I'm yeah. saying in constructed. You've seen this card get play, right? Like, like some sort of twin bolt, some sort yeah. of right. But and, twin bolts can usually damage players. Sure. Right? So sure, but the thing the thing is, this is also a card that suddenly also just lets you get through. You're like, oh, you've stabilized the board with these two, you know, monsters, and like there's there's just this ability to also say, hey, you know what? I'm going to kill you. I'm going to get through your, you know. I'm gonna deal one damage to your stupid, uh, you know, your stupid angel with lifelink and first strike, and it can't block. And you know, just neutralizing some tokens is okay too. It's a cost. Yeah. Way of doing yeah. That. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't think this is. I don't think it's an amazing card, but I could. I could. I could it's see fine. it getting played. Tears of Valakut. This sounds like it's gonna be an awesome card. One in an R at instant. It's got awesome setup there, right? It's like that's the best casting cost and the best card type. It's just stop reading. Like yeah, can't, can't be countered by spells or abilities. Well, that sounds good. And Tears of Alicut deals five damage to target creature with flying. So this is like the contrapositive of Roast. 
right? Yeah. And it's actually like better than roast in most of the comparison points, right? Yes. Roast is a sorcery. This is an instant. This has the tag of not being able to be countered. Um, and I don't know. I, th- I think this card is probably going to see sideboard play. I, I do too. I mean, I could picture, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, wow, this is nice. So when they when they attack with their stupid Dragonlord Ojitai, I can actually just kill it. I'm just going to snipe Linvala with this, right? Or like Baneslayer Angel in bigger formats. Right. Like, yeah. I think this card is probably fine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tyrant of Valakut. 5RR for a creature dragon. 5-4, so it's kind of small for 7 mana. Yeah. Very, very... Have- very able to die to its own tears of Alakit. But maybe that's a, what maybe that's what the tears are from. Maybe it's, it's from the tyrant. It's crying because it killed the tyrant. So it's but it's a surge cost of three RR. So like three RR for a five four is more palatable. But it's flying, doesn't even have haste. When Tyrant of Alakit enters the battlefield, if its surge cost was paid, it deals three damage to target creature or player just not gonna get played at all in any kind of reasonable window, in my opinion. Yeah, like your best case scenario for this is playing it on, you know, on six mana, right? Well, like just which... compare it to Dragonlord Atarka. Yeah. <laughs> Dragonlord Atarka like, deals way more damage. It doesn't have, like, a weird surge clause, right? So I think, like, maybe when Dragonlord Atarka rotates... I, I can't even imagine wanting to play... I, what deck would want to play this, right? I it's, like, know. five mana plus attacks for, like, a minor ability. Like, just dealing three is just... You just don't invest in a seven casting cost dragon in order to deal three. It's not done. So, um, I know. Do you disagree? I think this guy is probably not going to see play in Strasbourg. Yeah, I'm not. Soon. I'm not. I'm not seeing him. I mean, after rotations, maybe, but probably yeah. not still. So the last, if, yeah, Zada's Commando again. It's a two one for two. You know, we talked about the the Devoid one earlier. Yeah, this one's a Goblin Archer Ally. It has first strike. And it has cohort. So again, it has tap, and then tap an untapped ally you control. Zadis Commando deals one damage to target opponent. I think that the uh, cohort mechanic is pretty cool, but it's a, probably too clunky for constructed play. Yeah, I, I, I do, I do too. Uh, you know, probably probably a fine card to end a stalemate in limited, right? You know, it's like, oh, okay, oh, I'm, all right, I, well, I'll I'm just sit here. Certainly play this card in limited. Yeah. It's a red, red, random deck, or I would play it in certainly any ally deck. So let's just just run through red, which cards are constructed playable. Eldrazi Obligator, Causalex Return, Reality Hemorrhage, and Legacy, we're saying, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Chandra's uh, Fire Caller, you, you, you love that card. Chandra Flame Caller, yeah. Oh, Flame Caller, sorry. Um... Maybe devour in flames. Maybe I not. mean I don't I don't think so. I think I think I think expedite and follow the titans are are, are both cards that we're going to see played constructed. And then I think oath of Chandra maybe. You think reckless bushwhacker maybe? We I, both, I think I I would I would be surprised to not see reckless bushwhacker get played. We both like tears of Valakit. So I think tears, tears of Valakit might be you know the second or third most impactful card on the list. I mean the. Strong- <laughs> The strongest cards being Causalex Return, Chandra, and Eldrazi Obligator, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that sounds about fair. So what is it, close to 10 maybe playables in red? Yeah. Do um, you want to run through colorless real quick? Or? Sure, All right. sure, let's, let's do that. Uh, I mean, we, we've already talked about a couple of these. Uh, we talked about Deceiver of Form, 
which is six and a colorless for an Eldrazi. So this is the the tipping point, right? Seven mana. Yep. You know, it triggers your Kozilek's return and all that kind of stuff. It's an 8-8. Eight, eight. And at the beginning of combat on your turn, reveal the top card of your library. If a creature card is revealed this way, you may have other creatures you could or creatures you control other than Deceiver Form become copies of that card until end of turn, you may put that card on the bottom of your library. So we said lukewarm at best for Constructed, right? This guy is the wrong cost and the wrong type to be swarming uh, swarming big. Yeah. I, I love this card. Like, I'm going to play the heck out of this card in, in Commander. In Commander. It's funny. It's a funny card. Yeah. But it's. I don't think this is a serious Constructed weapon. No. Um, Eldrazi Mimic... Uh, I think we said that... So this card is 2 mana for 2-1. Creature Eldrazi. Whenever another colorless creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may change Eldrazi Mimic's base power and toughness to that creature's power and toughness until end of turn. I think we were like kind of lukewarm about this card, but pro- probably going to see home somewhere in Constructed and Standard. Sure. But just not, not ringing our bell super duper yet. Yeah, I mean, like, again, it's that idea that you get to uh, you get to sort of give haste to your big... Eldrazi, by if you have that card in play. Yeah, but I think I I compared it to a Den Protector that you play face up. Right. That like you're waiting for something to happen when you have this card, and you know maybe it will. Yeah, Endbringer is five colorless for a five five. Untap Endbringer during each other's players untap step, and it has a couple of abilities: tap to deal one damage to target creature or player, colorless and tap target creature can't attack or block this turn. Colorless, colorless. Tap, draw a card. So this so, card is unbelievable and limited. First pick yes. is limited if you see it. <laughs> uh, but this is the definition of a card that's sweet, not good for constructed. Yeah. Now, a card that uh, is probably sweet and good. Sweet and good, yeah. Sweet and good. This gets the, the coveted sweet and good rating. Is Kozilek Great Distortion. Eight colorless, colorless for a 12-12. So 10 total for a 12-12, too. It has to be colorless. Yeah, and when you cast Kozilek Great Distortion, if you have fewer than seven cards in your hand... Draw up to seven. That's crazy. Yeah, that's um, the trigger, so it doesn't actually have to resolve for yeah. that to happen. Yeah, so if this is the last card in your hand and you play yeah. it, you're just drawing, it's just a draw seven. Draw seven. Uh, menace, and then uh, discard a card with converted mana cost X to counter target spell with converted mana cost X. So it's basically a disrupting shoal on legs. So this card is just quite clearly going to be one of the staple flagship build around. Apex Predator, whatever you want to call it in standard. The fixed gristle brand. I mean, is it fixed? I mean, it's just different. <laughs> like, like this card. Well, you is, only get to draw seven once with it. Is this all card I'm is saying. the nonner? Yeah, but you don't have to pay seven life. <laughs> it's also a twelve twelve. Yeah, no, it also card... has menace. I guess it doesn't yeah. have life. Link. I, mean, I don't know. It's this card is very good. I don't know what to say. It's just going to see massive amount of constructive play. It's going to redefine what it means to be an Eldrazi deck. Like, the weapons that Eldrazi have at the top end between this guy, Ugin, and Ulamog, the choices they're going to have at different mana points be right. really interesting. I, I feel I feel like this is, a, like, the kind of card where you you almost, you set you set out with four, you know, you know, maybe you start out with four, maybe you don't end up playing four, but, you know, you start out with, like, this card as the only card in the deck, and you're like, okay, what do I do now to build the rest of my deck to, to play this card? I mean, you need to have a combination of Man acceleration and hitters, right? Like, yeah, but what, what I'm what I'm saying is this is not like this is like a card that's so good and its ability is so powerful that you're going to build around this as opposed to maybe finding a home for another card in an existing deck. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I actually think that both are true. That you will both <laughs> do the thing that you said Fair, and guess. do the opposite. Okay. Because that card is so good. So yeah. Kozilek's Pathfinder is a six casting cost, five, five Eldrazi. It's common, so that means it's probably not going to be played. And it has an ability of colorless. Target creature can't block Kozilek's Pathfinder this turn. That confirms it all. <laughs> <laughs> Matter Reshaper, uh, two colorless for a rare Eldrazi. Uh, it's a 3-2. When Matter Reshaper dies, reveal the top card of your library. You may put that card onto the battlefield if it's a permanent card with converted mana cost 3 or less. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. This card is sweet. This card's really sweet. This card really reminds me uh, of a lot of different cards. That, Coiling you know, Oracle. It's, Coiling Oracle is, is obviously the most... Uh, and weirdest comparison that you can make to this card because this is colorless and coiling oracle is very colored. <laughs> well, I mean, like this guy's just like a three-two for three, so you just like get in there, right? Like, right. like p- people like either they want to block it or not. It always pays for itself back, right? Yeah, and if it's a spell, you draw it. If it's a land, you put it into play. If it's... it could be like a silk wrap, it could be like a planeswalker, right? Right. Well, you could yeah. flip a Nissa with this. Yeah, you so... could get, yeah, you could hit Jace. You could yeah. No, this card's uh. This card's sweet. Sweet. And good. I think it's actually, I think the card's actually very good. Okay. Reality Smasher, that's an auspicious name. Four and a colorless for a 5-5, five, five, so 5-5 five, five for 5. Rare Eldrazi, Trample Haste. Whenever Reality Smasher becomes the target of a spell and opponent controls, counter that spell unless this controller discards a card. I don't hate this card at all. Yeah, I mean, get you, you're just bashing in for 5 with it, too. Like, like you, you play it and you immediately start bashing. It's probably like insane against like spell based decks. Like you know, like there's decks that just like play creatures and block it or something. But if you're like trying to beat this with like you know a terror or something, it's I don't know. This card, I, I think this card is a high likelihood of being played. Yeah, it's, it's like very, it's very. Uh, what's the name of that card? That's like haste can only be targeted by green spells. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember its name. Whatever its name is. Yeah. Gaia's Revenge. Gaia's Revenge, Very Gaia's Revenge-ish to me. 5-5 Trample Haste for 5 is already some text, man. Yeah. And then it's got some, you know, it's got some some legitimate legs. I think this card's probably playable. Yeah, I can can absolutely say. I could see it being... I can see it being a card people just play. I could also see it being a card people sideboard. Oh, I think it's a super sideboard card. And it's just annoying. Like, even if they just have to spend two spells on it, then... Yeah, you get in for five. It's just so much bonus. So spatial contortion we talked about already is a plus card, probably the single most important card from deck building standpoint in the set. It's one in a colorless uh, target creature gets plus three minus three until end of turn. Playable in any strategy that can make it colorless. It's basically a nameless inversion for Eldrazi. Um, It's going to incentivize people to play a single waste in decks with uh, evolving wilds or. Or explosive vegetation, and you were also talking about you know people really motivating people to play the pain lands. Yeah, it's good. I think it's gonna be great in blue white control because uh, decks that have cards like Haven of Battle, uh, Haven of the Spirit Dragon, Majoring Network, Crucible of the Spirit Dragon, etc., etc., just like these awesome utility lands. Uh, they're just gonna cast basic contortion off of it, and it kills the bejesus out of Jace on turn two. <laughs> yes. Um. Thought not seer three and a colors for a four four auspicious stats. It's rare. It's all. It's also the scariest looking Eldrazi picture so far. It looks like Mysterio. 
I love Mysterio. When Thought Not Seer enters the battlefield, fool Spider Man. <laughs> Target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose a non land card from it and exile that card. When Thought Not Seer leaves the battlefield, target opponent draws a card. Um, you know, this kind of card is very, very effective historically at one and a B, right? Right. Um, it's interesting because you take their best card, but then they get a random card back when it dies. Yeah, so, it, it's it's been compared to Vanillian Vind- Clickle. Yeah, right? I think it's. I think this card is probably be pretty good. It's pretty. The weird thing about it is, like, I think you think about it and you start to think about Eldrazi Ramp. It's like the problem is, where does the Eldrazi Ramp start? You don't actually necessarily ramp to four. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're you just not play like a Rattleclaw Mystic. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So think... getting, getting it on getting it on turn three, you think is is good enough with this card? I don't know. Like, I think I'm actually thinking about this not in Eldrazi Ramp deck. Like, what if you played in a blue white control deck? You're just like sided it in, and then you know your opponent's got some sniper in their hand, and you're just like thought not seer, take your card that you thought you were going to beat me with, and then right untap and resolve my planeswalker next turn. Right. You know, like I think I think that that might be a place that you play this. I like I like fitting these colorless casting cost cards into strategies that have cards like Haven of the Spirit Dragon, right. have cards also- like Major Network already. And also remember, it's it's exile that card. So you know, if you can bounce something at the end of turn, untap and do this, you actually get to exile that specific card that was in play oh, last turn. Yeah. I think, I think it's, you know, as opposed to sometimes uh, you know you 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 have trouble dealing with those when you bounce them. The thing is, for four mana, a four four isn't that imposing in standard. Like right. the standard is around four five right now. So you know, he does not. You know, he's not likely to win a fight against a Siege Rhino. But if you're going first, you might just take the Siege Rhino out of their hand, which is right. fine. Um, Walker of the Wastes, four and a colorless for a 4-4. Four, four. Trample, Walker of the Wastes gets plus one, plus one for each land you control named Wastes. I would not play this in a deck that was all Wastes. <laughs> you might, I don't know. If you had a, if you had a deck if you that play was this, literally if you play this all Wastes. If you deck that's all Wastes, you play it on turn five, yeah. and he's a 9-9 nine, nine for five with Trample. Okay. You play that. Okay. No, first you would of all, play that. To begin with, my deck is all wastes. <laughs> <laughs> so if my payoff is that I get to play Walker of the Wastes. Yes. Yeah. And you've, and we, we're not going to play Endbringer, but you think <laughs> we're untapping with our 9-9 Walker of the Wastes. Look, maybe, maybe we live in a world where we're just playing these kind of like, you know, decks where we're building decks for like the duels of the planeswalkers and it's just like a deck you have to encounter it's the walker of the waste deck Call. oh no all his lands are walker waste Call. so he's got walker of the waste warden of geometry's forecasting costs two three I, lo- I love that name that's a great name yeah. eladrazi drone vigilance tap to add a colorless to your mana pool this card is not good enough for constructed yeah it's it's just like it's just like one i mean it's at three at three, I think it wouldn't be good. Enough. I, I think it, you think it would or you wouldn't. I think I it would. I don't think it would be played at three. Oh man! I, I, it's complete. First of all, do you know how much mana the card? Oh, I know. Uh, the the card uh, uh, Hedron Archive makes for the same casting cost. Yes, twice as much mana, and which just is perfect to cast Warping Whale, which is the next card. So you could just cast a Hedron Archive and have. Two mana open from that, and then you could just warp yeah, the whale. That's, that's true. The fact that this is also a creature is it makes it worse. Let's talk about warping whale. Okay, so warping whale was my preview card at top level podcast last week. Um, it's one of the best cards in the set. 
It's one to colorless for an instant. Uncommon, which is weird, Uncommon is one of the best cards in the set. And it's uh, three abilities. You choose one. Exile target creature with power or toughness, one or less. Counter target wow. sorcery spell or put a 1-1 colorless Eldrazi scion creature token onto the battlefield. It has sacrifices creature add one colorless to your mana pool. Um, this card is unbelievable. It kills Jace. It kills mana accelerator creatures in uh, in wider formats. If you're just playing in standard, it kills Eldrazi Obligator. Um, it it kills like ball lightnings. It kills uh, any any kind of like very problematic creatures that it, it counters Crux of Fate. Uh, I mean, it counters Painful Truths. It counters Treasure Cruise. It counters yeah. like. I don't know. It counters whatever. Like it counters explosive vegetation. Like if you're playing heads up in an Eldrazi yeah. fight. Like, well, you know, what? I think I think something that does that is in and of itself. You know, and you're like, oh wow, this is cool. This is a, ca- a card that I can use to counter Crux of Fate or Treasure Cruise or. But the the idea is that that can be in a red deck. Yeah, it's a colorless <laughs> envelop, right? Like the, the there's just not that many non-blue counter spells like. Like think about when, when White had some counter spells, the Mana Tithe or or uh, what's the other one? The Mana Memory Lapse, the the three casting off Memory Lapse. Like Paul Reese just one approach for against decks with Cruel Ultimatum or or uh, you know the Doran Engine playing uh, playing these non blue counter spells because it's just not intuitive for people to have a counter spell right uh, in not blue and. Anyone can play this one who can come summon some some colorless mana, um, and I just think the creature removal thing is very good. It, it's yeah, it only kills very small creatures, but like some of those creatures are trouble. Yeah, right. Like you can get rid of a deathrite shaman. You can get rid of you know all kinds of stuff that's that's a a, a big problem. And it. it's only two mana. Uh, and then the third ability is actually I think pretty non intuitive. Put a one-one colorless Adrazi Scion creature token on the battlefield as sacrifice. This is this is rampant growth. Well, I was thinking, yeah, it actually is kind of rampant growth. But like, what if it's like turn three? You're like end of turn, cast warping whale, make a make a guy untap, swing for one, sacrifice it, wingmate rock. Sure. Like that's actually kind of pretty great, right? Yeah. So, and that's like on turn three. So, I think it's a uh, uh, interesting from that perspective. It it does a lot of sweet stuff uh, and. Yeah, I, I imagine a scenario where your opponent doesn't want to play Jay's Dave. They feel like you, they, you have Warping Whale. You know, they pass the turn. You go, okay, at the end of the turn, Warping Whale, put a 1-1 Scion into play, untap, play Thought Not Seer. Oh, yeah. Right? That seems great. So the, one of the things I think is really interesting about Warping Whale is that for as many applications as it might have in Standard, it's, I think it's actually it's going to be a big format card, more importantly than a small format card, because... Merfolk decks, which are typically mono blue or you know blue white or whatever, uh, already play with Mutavault and Cavern of Souls, which tap for colorless. And Warping Whale kills uh, Goblin Pile Driver. So uh-huh. Goblin Pile Driver is red uh, and has protection from blue, so they can't block it. Um, and so you know, in some of these formats, you can't counter it either. It just hits yeah. the table for free. So you know, in a variety of ways, like either from like a Goblin Lackey or from uh, an Ethervile. But if Warping Whale just gives you an opportunity to kill this card that was going to kill you, you can't block it. It hits for like 100 yeah. damage. It costs 2 mana. So, um, and you're just already playing the lands that actually work with it. So, they're so, already in your deck. 
so for the colorless cards, the the cards that we were most excited about, Kozilek the Great Distortion, probably the the biggest of those cards. Uh, we were kind of surprised to find that we kind of liked uh, Reality Smasher. I think Mattery Shaper is probably pretty good. And I was yeah, I was gonna say Mattery Shaper. Mattery Shaper seems like it's a, it's a fine card. And then I think the two the two biggest cards uh, in terms of their impact might just be Spatial Contortion and Warping Whale. Yeah, just because of their ability sweet. to be played, they're cheap. They're so and, cheap, and you can just play them in any deck. So yeah, it's really exactly what you want. They're really. I think they're both can have the potential to be really format altering cards. Agree. All right, so that's red and colorless. We're gonna keep coming with more uh, top eight magic podcasts. Um, so we're gonna review all of both of the gate watch. Um, what we'll ask you to do is uh, to go to Facebook and like the top eight magic page, or go to Fetchland and read all the awesome things that we have there. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, at the pre-release, or I won't because I'm I got my parents' anniversary party. But... I won't either. But I think like, some people probably will go to the pre-release. Okay. Oh, I'll be sad. I'll be thinking about going to the pre-release. So well, go to the pre-release and have fun for me. So that was Red Colorless. We'll be back soon. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.